0: You're listening to The Best Things Bite, the fun-sized version of your favorite podcast. Hello, Internet. Today's episode of The Best Things Podcast is going to be a little bit different. There's no errand this week but this is not a rerun of an old episode instead you're going to get a quote unquote long form episode today now i've always been a fan of this style of podcast and if you're unfamiliar a long form or narrative format tells a story and my favorite versions of these are based on true or historical events and they often have me learning something along the way now i've done a few of these types of podcasts in the past And thought, you know what, why not bring this format to our pals here at the Best Things? Now, of course, the next step was to figure out how to make this style fit in with our normal Best Things podcast. And then it hit me. Let's take one of our past bracket winners and do a history of episode. And so that's what we've done. Now, it's not just any bracket winner, we couldn't just pick one out of a hat. This first one had to be a good one. In fact, this is a bestie for the restie Hall of Fame winner. We're talking none other than steak. You know, steak won five weeks. We talk about it all the time. Steak is just the best. And so we're going to go through the history of steak, we're going to talk about its origins and how it came to be the thing it is today. So let us know what you think of this format, this episode. Uh, you can text or call us at 585 bestie 5 leave us a voicemail, send us a text message. You can also leave us a review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on... Uh, this one won't be on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Let us know if you like this format. Feedback at com. You know all the socials as well. Let us know. We may do some more of these in the future. And before you get nervous, the format of our podcast isn't changing. Once Aaron and I get back from hiatus, we'll be right back in the studio recording fresh episodes of your favorite podcast. But until then, buckle up, especially for driving, for this very special long-form episode of The Best Things. Please enjoy the history of steak. So to get started in exploring the history of steak, we have to go back in time thousands of years to the early age of humanity. Yeah, we've been eating beef for a long time. Primal instinct to roast and consume meat was undoubtedly a turning point in our humanity. In fact, some of the earliest cave paintings made by man depict ancient humans hunting things called aurochs, the primitive ancestor of today's cow. These bovine-like creatures, also known as wild oxen, were about six feet high at the shoulder and had spreading, forward-curving horns. They were typically all black and inhabited Asia, Europe, and North Africa, and were most known in the Roman Empire as wildly popular beasts for gladiators to battle within the Roman arenas. Can't you just picture Maximus Decimus Meridius, played brilliantly by Russell Crowe, fighting a six-feet-tall longhorn to the death in a Roman Colosseum? But steak as we know it today didn't originate until 258 A.D. in a little town called Florence, Italy. Italian gourmands, or what we would call today foodies, embraced the culinary artistry of their day, with renowned figures such as Apicius documenting their extravagant banquets. Believe it or not, the creation of stake as we know it today has its roots in religion, specifically Christianity. The Roman Emperor Valerian ordered the persecution of Christians in 258 AD, and one of those slain happened to be one of the seven deacons to the city of Rome by the name of Lawrence, who was martyred on August 10th, 258, by being burned alive. Now, some reports say he was actually placed on a grill over fire and burned alive. And I bet that's not where you thought this podcast episode was going, huh? From that time on, St. Lawrence has been remembered and celebrated with a feast on the day of his death. While some cultures stay away from grilling meats, others like those in Florence celebrate by carving meat and grilling it over large bonfires. I've always thought steak was a spiritual experience, and uh, now I have historical proof. These types of dishes they would make are what we would now call Bistecca alla Florentina. You like my Italian? I practice that. Which translates to beefsteak Florentine style. This dish is an Italian steak made using a high cut of meat from a young steer, including the bone. It looks kind of like a T-bone if you look up pictures of it. Cooked on embers or on a grill, whose doneness is typically on the rare side. You heard that, well done, people? Since the creation of steak, it has been meant to be more rare than well done. Hashtag proof. Fast forward to the 15th century, when English knights traveling through found themselves in Florence during the annual feast and got to experience the joy of this large piece of meat over fire for the first time. Shortly after the English knights experienced what we can only describe as heaven on earth, the Scandinavians of Denmark, Norway, Sweden, and Finland in northern Europe began preparing meat in a similar way. There's even a 15th century cookbook that uses the word steckis to describe the same cut of meat, specifically from a cow, deer, or elk. Steak continued to spread and became a common meal in Europe during this time. It was a staple among peasants and soldiers, and because it required no special equipment or cooking techniques, since it was cooked on a grill or roasted over an open fire. In the 17th century, cattle began being bred specifically for beef. This led to a rise in the popularity of steak, because it's now easier and more economical than ever to obtain. Soon the wealthy began to enjoy the dish regularly, but they zhuzhed it up a little bit, often serving it with accompaniments such as mushrooms, onions, and butter. This began the evolution from a peasant food to a luxury dish and started the transformation of beefsteak's potential into more of a refined and sophisticated meal instead of just charred meat over fire. Meanwhile, in 1534, Spanish explorers hitting the seas and finding new lands were the most likely to have introduced the first Longhorn cattle into what would become known as America. When British colonists came to the Americas around 1623, they brought Devon cattle, which was their source of leather, milk, labor, and meat. Cows at this time did a lot more than just provide us with delicious steak. In fact, this was the least thing that they were known for at the time. The land that would soon become the United States of America was full of vast and rolling plains, making it the perfect place for cattle to flourish. And so cattle ranches quickly began popping up across the countryside from sea to shining sea. Many breeds began to be imported into the United States as trade, travel, and as time wore on, French and English colonists brought many new breeds, specifically to the Jamestown colony, including Herefords, Aberdeen, Angus, Shorthorns, and many other crossbreeds that I can't pronounce. But steak as a meal in America was still a pretty sparse dish, since cattle was more widely used for things like dairy, butter, and leather goods. Wild game like deer, grouse, and boar were still the primary source of meat ahead of beef. But that would all change throughout the 19th century as something called the Civil War began to unfold. The year is 1863. We find ourselves on the war-torn battlefields of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Soldiers weary and worn are huddled around campfires, seeking solace amidst the horrors of war. Yet even in these dire circumstances, the allure of a good meal transcended the hardships of battle. Amidst the chaos and bloodshed, a culinary revolution was quietly underway, transforming the eating habits of soldiers and civilians alike. Soldiers quickly discovered that a sizzling steak could provide a much-needed respite from the monotony of rations and the taste of home. Because of the cattle ranches and farmland that continued to spread throughout the rural areas turned into battlegrounds, beef became a very reliable option for a warm meal. Word soon spread amongst the ranks about the delectable meat that awaited them. And before long, soldiers were trading their meager portions of bacon and hardtack for thick juicy cuts of beef the civil war may have torn a nation apart but it unwittingly spread the love of steak from battlefields to the home front as soldiers returned from war they carried with them a newfound appreciation for the succulent meat that had provided them moments of respite and so steak quickly found its way onto the hearts and bellies of Americans from all walks of life. During the late 1800s, steak began to be associated with the Wild West and cowboy culture. After the Civil War, cattle began moving further west, and cattlemen discovered that many of the Spanish missions already had amassed large herds of cattle. Texas ranchers began breeding their longhorns with Hereford and Angus to provide beef that would answer the demand that was beginning to grow for this dish. In the west, where cattle were bred, food crops were more difficult to cultivate, but plenty of native grasses were available. These were perfect for grazing cattle, and they were moved frequently in cattle drives to feedlot after feedlot to fatten them up. A group of cattle would eat all the resources in one area. They would just herd them over to another pasture, eat those resources, until the previous pasture had grown back up again. Think of it like a natural lawn. would be great to have. They were transported by train to the Midwest, slaughtered and shipped via refrigerator cars, a new invention at the time, to the heavily populated east where most of the American population lived. Men would enjoy steak doused in Worcester sauce and butter in saloons often served with beer. And they would usually consume the steak only using their hands, often in groups. Think of a Wild West saloon, they're chugging back beers and having steak with their hands. It's like the most manly thing in the world. On the other side of the country beefsteak banquets were being held in places like new york city and other metro areas these banquets were typically for political campaigns and fundraisers but they still included men eating steak with their bare hands meanwhile women began to start participating in this culture but they would often cut their steak into smaller pieces before eating it while also widening the menu to include other side dishes and accompaniments <laughs> Alongside in the westward expansion of America, the world was undergoing a profound shift. The Industrial Revolution had taken hold, propelling society into an age of technological advancements and urbanization. As factories arose and cities expanded, so too did the demand for sustenance that could match the rapid pace of progress. Amidst this backdrop, a new chapter in the story of steak unfolded. Butchers recognized the need to adapt to the changing time, so they developed innovative techniques such as mechanical tenderization to make steak more accessible to the masses. Mechanical tenderization involved breaking down the tough fibers of beef using specially designed machines. This process not only made the meat more tender, but also reduced the cooking time, catering to the fast-paced lives of city dwellers. The aroma of sizzling steak began to fill the streets, drawing in hungry patrons from all walks of life into restaurants and shops. With the expansion of railways and the advent of refrigeration, the availability of steak increased significantly. Meat could now be transported efficiently from distant regions, making it more accessible and affordable to a broader range of society. Suddenly, the cattle ranches and steaks that were being prepared in the West could be now easily transported to the Midwest and the East Coast. As the Industrial Revolution progressed, steak became a symbol of progress and prosperity. Workers seeking respite from long hours in the factories indulged in the occasional steak dinner as a reminder of the rural landscapes they had left behind. The population of steak continued to soar becoming woven into the fabric of society. Its appeal crossed class boundaries, embodying the changing times and the growing opportunities for people to enjoy a hearty and satisfying meal. As the world transitioned into the post-industrial age, new technologies, cultural shifts, and evolving tastes began to take shape the way we enjoy steak. The Roaring Twenties are just around the corner and cities like New York pulse with energy and excitement. Steakhouses are now becoming a symbol of indulgence, offering patrons a lavish dining experience. Thick cuts of prime beef were grilled to perfection, accompanied by rich sauces, decadent sides, and a lively ambiance that catered to the desires of a society eager to embrace the newfound prosperity of the post-industrial age. Delmonico's in New York City, widely considered to be the first steakhouse in America, was established in 1827. However, this is a far cry from the world's first steakhouse. Similar establishments known as chop houses existed in England since the 1600s, although early steakhouses in America tend to lean much more upscale. As the 20th century progressed, the culinary world witnessed the emergence of innovative cooking techniques, and an increased emphasis on quality and flavor other than just convenience. Chefs began experimenting with new ways to enhance the taste and tenderness of steak, employing marinating methods, using unique seasoning blends, and the art of sous vide. But it was the advent of mass production and the rise of consumer culture that truly revolutionized the accessibility and popularity of steak. supermarkets began to replace local butchers pre-packaged steaks become readily available all this allowing families to enjoy this beloved dish without the need for specialized shops or culinary expertise meanwhile technological advancements like flash freezing vacuum sealing enable the transportation of steak across vast distances ensuring that even remote regions now could savor the delights of a perfectly cooked steak Fast forward to the 20th century and the world witnessed a steak renaissance. As the farm to table movement gains momentum, people are becoming more and more conscious of source and quality of their food. Locally sourced grass-fed beef has become highly sought after, with consumers appreciating the flavors imported by sustainable farming practices. In recent years, the culinary landscape has continued to evolve, driven by a focus on health-conscious dining and culinary creativity. Alternative cuts of steaks, such as flank steak, skirt steak, hanger steak have even gained in popularity, offering new textures and flavors to adventurous diners. Even these cuts of meat that used to be considered scrap are now becoming a delicacy. Moreover, the advent of social media and food blogging has turned steak into a visual sensation. Instagram feeds are filled with mouthwatering photos of perfectly seared steaks, tantalizing food enthusiasts around the world. And inspiring home cooks to explore the art of steak preparation. YouTubers and social media influencers making a living off of cooking steaks and grilling meats. Today, steak remains a beloved culinary delight, transcending borders and cultures from the humble backyard barbecue to the Michelin-starred restaurants. This classic dish continues to captivate taste buds and invoke a sense of satisfaction and indulgence. Hope you've enjoyed today's episode on the history of steak. Don't forget, let us know what you think about this format. If you want to hear more of these history ofs and origin stories of some of the things that we've talked about here on the podcast, bracket winners and the such. You can hit us up. Leave us a voicemail. Text us 585 besty 5 Feedback at pod is the email address, bestthingspod.com rather. Uh, and of course, you can hit us up on all the socials. Leave us a review and things like that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Best Things Podcast. If you liked today's episode, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you're listening now. And remember, connect with us on the socials at Best Things Pod, and you may hear your take on an upcoming episode.